show. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I made this beat. Yeah, Tony Montana. Why not? Fuck it. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Kenosis, a.k.a. Kenosis Corleone, a.k.a. DJ Nick at Night, a.k.a. Nick B. Whatever you want to call me, man. Different areas in life, correct? Uh, welcome to the show. And uh, I just want to invite you to the milestone. The show without any money going into promotion, without any money going into marketing without any money being spent other than the uh bullshit uh preamp i bought these headphones and this microphone we all hit 100 all right we hit 100 and uh i can't be more excited about that i mean that means that there's without putting money in anybody else's pocket 100 people have streamed this show and listened to it and uh i'm thankful for that man so everybody that tuned in thank you for that I really appreciate it. Uh, I put a lot of hard work into this uh, show, you know, and I got two daughters with one coming like in two weeks. So I'm going to have three and uh, still pumping this show out, still working full time, still billing, still on the QuickBooks, still doing everything. But man, I love my city and I love my friends. And I know I don't get to spend time with everybody that much, that frequently, but uh, this is my way of reaching out and kind of uh, being in your lives and you guys also being in my lives and uh, just kind of spreading this whole thing across the world. I mean, I got listeners in Mexico. I had listeners over in Virginia. I have uh, listeners in Alaska. I mean, just all over the U.S., places I've lived and uh, friends that I've made, travels that I've seen. And uh, I'm just uh, so excited to, to share my story with you and put it out and publish it and that everybody can, uh, you know, shit, I'm not going to lie. Five Stones and me started this show, The Lab. Well, me and Sean Bailey started this show, The Lab, when I was in college. Uh, I took it over since then. He moved to Chicago, became a comedian, stand-up. I don't know if he's doing well. I don't check up on him that often, but Five Stones moved to Jersey, got a new pad, doing real good with his wife. You know, and I've, just, I've been keeping the show going, and the longer it goes, the more I realize, like, Damn, like this is like moments in time that I spend with people and I record it, you know, to my to my new co-host CG, who's now in the studios up in Seattle, putting that work in right now, you know, shout out CG. Uh but you know, when I have the opportunity to do this and put my voice out and talk to you guys and just hang out with you guys, like that that's why I do this. That's why I love it, because it gives that opportunity. And sometimes, man, when I'm riding my truck, I just want to hear a familiar voice, man. So it's like when you want to hear somebody that you know, that you brush shoulders with, that you, you know, on a personal level and you want to just hear them shoot the shit, like that's what this is. I'm not trying to be Joe Rogan. I'm not trying to make a million dollars. I, I In fact, I spend money on this shit. I, all my money, mix, master, produce, out of pocket. Everything that I've done is my knowledge and my money. Like nobody, I don't get a dime for this show. I just do it for the love of my city and, and, and the love of uh, music and the love of, uh, you know, congregating with human beings. Like that's why I do it. My friends, like I listen to old shows. Those are like times me and my friends are kicking it, just hanging out, having a good time, having a drink, drinking kombucha, doing whatever we do. You know what I mean? Drinking Don Julio. You know, just kicking it. So, 
you know, I put these shows out, but man, it's, uh, as everybody knows, as you get older, like, it, it gets harder to get people together, especially when people got families, people got things they gotta do, they're trying to put down, they're trying to do things, it gets difficult, uh, to do that, so I understand that, so, you know, when people get on the show, I'm thankful for that, because, uh, that means I get to capture, store, and publish a moment in time that we spent together for all eternity, you know, your kids can listen to that, you know, that kind of thing, so, I just want to get everybody on the microphone and just kind of solidify that, you know. It's important what you say. It's important what you think. It's important where you're from. And uh, you're important, you know. Most importantly, like, you know, make sure you take some time for a little self-care today or whatever. Get your mental right. Do what you got to do. And just be in the game, you know. Everybody appreciates you. Myself included. So, man, you know, I'm just here in the lab. Rip City Goons, newest episode. Uh, we had a couple of throwback episodes before because, uh, you know, quite frankly, life had gotten a little bit busy and I had a couple of burner episodes I never published uh, on YouTube or for the lab. So I decided to switch it up and put a couple of different ones out for y'all. Um, and just kind of, you know, ride the wave see where it goes today i had a little time today got all my stuff done early put that work in already laced my boots up already uh it's still sunny outside you know wife is due in two weeks so we pushing it we're pushing it uh this is the pre-recording probably next episode i'll probably have a new baby yeah quite frankly so crazy how life goes i mean it insane you can't even, you can't even fathom how crazy your life will be or, or how that will actually turn out until children start coming in your life. And that's not to knock anybody that doesn't have children, but just the importance and significance of passing like your bloodline. It's the weirdest thing. It's like all the best things you loved about yourself are in the child. All the bad things are gone. It's just the stuff you love gets passed on and it's I, I don't even know how to explain it it's such a uh, massive milestone in life it's one of the biggest life death childbirth and I'm right on the precipice of childbirth so everybody wish me luck put your hands together say a prayer for me say a prayer for my wife that uh you know the third third daughter comes uh scheduled as she's supposed to she's doing well so no worries Health is good. Um, not me and my wife's first rodeo, um, so we're uh, we're stepping into that, and I'm excited for that, and I'm excited to share that with all of you as I go through that, man. Because I was the type of guy, <laughs> I was that friend in college, or that friend in the military, or that friend that's like, yo, let me rent that couch for fifty bucks. I just, you know, you got the Xbox, you got a PlayStation. Let me get fifty bucks on the couch. And in the closet, and you know, apartments got the closet hallways, right? So let me get half that hallway, not even the whole thing, for my t-shirts and shit. And uh, boom, like that's how I lived for so many years when I was young, man. I would say coming from 17, probably until 25, 26, I was a couch hop and just, you know, living life. Like didn't want so much commitment. So to have three kids, I wouldn't even sign a lease in my 20s. To have three kids, you know right now at 35 uh i'm blessed and i'm happy and i'm excited and i'm anxious 
And uh, I'm excited to share the journey with everybody because it's going to be a cool thing, man. I know everybody's super scared of having kids or like whatever that might entail, but it's it's more glorious and more joyful than it is negative. I mean, you just see them grow. They're all different. They all have their own unique qualities. And uh, being, being a father, you know, and being part of a, a unity and uh, raising kids is a cool thing. So I hope that, uh, you know, and some people, if you choose not to have kids, n nothing against you, man. Like some people, you know, life, it only throws you the pitches that you get. Sometimes you get pitches. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you deal with it. Sometimes you get around it. Like there's no right or wrong answer. Like life is everybody's life. You only have one. So make the decisions that are comfortable for you. Uh, no judgment for me on my end. You know, I have my own personal beliefs, but you know, I will never judge another human. Uh, I'm no better than anybody else walking around the street. I'm no better than the homeless person. I'm no better than, you know, uh, than anybody a crazy person doesn't matter what their stature is a life is a life and uh living in my little house out here in oregon city like i've learned that more like dealing with chickens dealing with fish like all oh, life is important you try the best you can but uh you just see the cycle of it you know what i mean it's uh i, I know it's a little farmer a little agricultural but it's something that it's taught me about life uh, is, uh, it's, it's so temporary, it's so fleeting. Take the joyful moments, be blessed, be happy, praise God, and just, you know, live with your eyes right down the middle, you know, and life will just happen. If you're righteous and you're doing the right thing, like, life will happen. And uh, that's how I feel about my daughter being born, my third daughter being born. Uh, everything's going good, and I'm just excited to meet her. And, uh, yeah, I'll give you the name drop next time we on here uh, hanging out. All right, so now we're gonna get into some topics. We're gonna get into some topics because uh, I've rattled on about uh, Nick's personal life and how things are going for me, but really, this show's about you and what's going on in the world and what's going on in the current populace and uh, who's all in it and who's all involved and uh, and what that means for all of us in the Pacific Northwest and globally. You know, if you're if you're listening in a different uh, location that doesn't mean that you're less important or that i don't care i just i live in the northwest this is national you know global news that i put out here and in, uh, in media and content fun stuff too but you know i'm just putting that out for everybody and uh yeah so what do we got so uh man at the top of my list boom dmx oh rest in peace dmx we love you oh god one of you know that one hurt, man, because um, you just saw DMX as uh, bulletproof. You, you didn't think any anything could kill him, anything could hurt him. Uh, I did a seventh grade project with those of you uh, that are listening middle school in seventh grade. DMX, when he dropped uh, Flesh of My Flesh, I mean, I was listening to that in my CD player, my Discman on the bus going to wrestling meets. I was listening to DMX. I did a project in English about DMX and his significance in my life uh, with It's Dark and Hell is Hot. It's, it's seventh grade. So this guy was, to me, the East Coast Pac. He was like a reincarnation of another guy that was like Tupac that was just undestroyable, uh, unreal, larger than life MC, just like larger. And, you know, he had his issues, but you never, I, and I'm talking to everybody, you never thought... That any of that could kill DMX. He, he was like, uh, he's a pit bull on a fucking diamond spike chain. I mean, that guy was his royalty, in my opinion, and a big influence in my life, big, big influence in my musical taste and career. 
uh, hats off all around the board of DMX. I watched his service memorial, and uh, it was crazy. They had Swiss Beats there. They had the locks there. They had Eve there. They had the Rough Riders, like thousands of motorcycles, uh, giant Mazda truck uh, with a red casket with X in the back driving through, uh, I think they went Bronx. No, they went Yonkers to... Uh, Yonkers to the Barclays in Brooklyn and uh, Kanye did a big performance and it was a very sad his daughter did like a rap she like was ready to take the mic this girl's gonna uh, keep an eye on Earl's daughter okay she's young right now she's probably 10 but gosh she has the passion and she just controls the mic she controlled the whole Barclays Center uh, with adults I mean just wow just Genetics, man. Sometimes God just touches your kids with just like the best gift from yourself, and it just goes out and it's better than yours. It's weird, you know. You have your strengths. You know what you're good at. And uh, this this girl, I watched her. It put, brought a tear to my eye. I was, you know, I was sad watching it and listening to Swiss Beats and just just the way that the media and the music industry handles someone dying and who shows up that wasn't there before, but. You know, it was a beautiful ceremony overall, and it felt it, from the heart. Everybody did the best they could to send uh, DMX, Darkman X, off into the uh, universe. And uh, you know, God bless you, and God bless his soul. And, and uh, he was a real testament, living testament to not giving up, never quitting. And he never gave up. He never did. And. Uh, some of the uh, moments as a child that I spent listening to his music, you know, my uncle Jim once told me, you know, music means a lot more when you're younger, when they, when the sentences mean more, right? When you get older, you're like, oh, you're a little bit more uh, life grizzled, more experience, more, less empathy, uh, more drive, but you know, stuff affects you with your family, but outside that, it really doesn't affect you that much. DMX is one of those uh, prophetic uh, entities for me, listening to him as a young man, going through, uh, God, puberty, just trying to figure out who I was as a human being, sports, school, uh, where I was going to go next, and the whole uncertainty of things. Like, DMX is a voice that spoke to me very clearly and lovingly and compassionately from somebody that grew up in the worst in you know in yonkers his parents dropped him off when he was a kid and uh hoped him for the best he's on the streets with dogs jacking people with dogs just uh you know a real master of his time and and a testament to survival and success because he reached heights that man you watch i posted it on my social media a while ago when he passed uh you know those concerts when he's in the red overalls and he's doing the rough ride i mean this is like thousands and thousands of people just in tune with that one guy that poor guy from yonkers so it's an american success story even though it's sad but we all die you know we we all have a time but uh what he was able to achieve so r.i.p dmx and thank you for everything you did and i'm excited to see what your family's got in store for us in particular your daughter that controlled the whole barclays center with the microphone she had better mic control than the locks i mean it was nuts just just naturally she had it god given god gift so you know shout out to them all right, 
So the next thing, uh, this happened about a month ago, maybe a month and a half. Little Nas X uh, released his uh, his tennis shoe of whatever sorts, uh, the devil shoe, Satan shoe. This got a little bit of pop. Uh, I'm not going to cover it too much because it's silly. Basically, uh, Little Nas X and a designer, he had a video coming out. They're going to do a promo with these shoes, put them out. They're all black with the uh, little goat guys and just devil stuff. But to me, okay, so Nike had a lawsuit to get them pulled off. They became a, a burn item for some folks and a coveted item for others. So, 666 pairs were made but here's the deal as I grew up my parents listened to Black Sabbath you know fuck Kiss you know my parents were listening to Judas Priest you know my mom was my aunt my uncles you know like they were you know Van Halen and the, you know running with the devil was it's to me I'm not shocked when an artist tries to make a play on the devil I think it's really amazing that they consider themselves uh, the devil's time worthy. I think he's uh, hanging out in other places like the UN or Palestine. But, uh, you know, uh, shocking, whatever. Uh, people bought it. They bought into it and they did exactly what it was supposed to do. Create a media buzz, negative or positive, for public relations to get little Nas X, uh, you know, going. They're trying to get him uh, trending again on TikTok and whatever the kids are doing these days. And, you know, it's kind of hard with the situation he put himself in. But he's still making big news and, uh, you know, he's still talking about it. So, uh, that's probably the uh, last time I'll talk about it. But it did happen, right? Okay, so I got a weird one, all right? I got this about a month ago, too. Lady Gaga spends 50 Gs on electromagnetic field generator to find ghosts named Ryan who's been haunting her. Oh, my Lord. This woman is crazy. She probably needs medical attention and not a $50,000 sound. What does she think she is? The Ghostbusters? Hey, I'm not beyond the paranormal, right? Like, hey, everybody gets spooked out when they wake up in the night. In fact, I keep a lot of tools around me just because. Just in case I gotta shoot something crazy. Right, uh, whatever. But, uh... $50,000 in an economic crisis for a ghost that you... And here's what weirds me out. You know the ghost's name? Why do you know the ghost's name? Like, if you get haunted, don't get me right, think about it. If you get haunted, you're sitting there in your bed, nestled in, ready to go to sleep, you know? And then you feel something weird right in the bed, and you, like, kind of jolt, and you open your eyes, and you look around the room real quick, and you're just seeing what's going on. Like, you know, I feel jolted. I'm like, now I'm, like, stimulated, right? Like, I'm scared now, like, a, you know? Uh, I got emotions going over whatever's going on in the room. Uh, and then you don't expect to know the ghost's name. You don't expect anything. You don't know what it is. It's a shadow. It's a feeling. It's a weird haunting feeling. But it's not like, uh, hey, Chad, what are you doing in my room type of feeling, right? It's weird. 
Uh, but it's fine. You know, some people, if you have the money and you're into uh, extra dimensional spirits or beings, whatever, more power to you. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't believe in ghosts. I sure do. But I think maybe the way I react to ghosts is probably a little different uh, and more the norm than Lady Gaga reacts. Because, shoot, which one of y'all got a uh, 50K to just throw at a Ghostbuster machine? I ain't even saying it don't work. It might work. I'm just saying it's like a lot of money for that shit. You know? So. <laughs> Especially to know its name, right? She knew its name was Ryan. So, that's weird. Like, you know the ghost name? Like, that's weird. I don't I don't quite. I don't get it quite. Uh, I don't understand it. Oh, man. So. You know I uh, love sports, so I'm going to get into some Trailblazers talk here. Sorry for those of you who uh, don't indulge in sports, especially Northwest basketball. But it's almost the playoffs, and I'm going to get into some of the happenings. So since my last podcast, the Blazers went on the road. They went on a skid. They went on a skid at home. They lost like five, came back, and then like had a good road win. Like uh, traded a couple players, got Norman Powell, uh, you know, signed some guys, multi-year contracts. And uh, hit the road again. Then they started to pick it up. They started to win. And CJ starts getting 30. And Dame starts getting 30s. And Norman Powell's getting 30s. And every all this three-guard front that, you know, uh, the coach had thought up, Terry Stotts, uh, came up with, ended up panning out. So it was really, really cool. Blazers went on a good run. They just beat last night. I watched the game. Last two quarters. Utah, number one in the West. Blazers playing uh, Utah at Utah. So home court advantage and just, man, Melo went off and Dame went off and CJ went off and Norman went off and everybody went off. Nurk went off. It was just everybody was eating. Anthony Simmons went off. Everybody went off. So that is a testament, and they're locking down the five spot in the playoffs. Right? No looking back. Breaking uh, tiebreakers with L.A. You know, beating a wounded Los Angeles. It's still a wounded Los Angeles, but still, the season continues and playoff seeds matter. Uh, you know, battling hard with Dallas. So we got, we you know, and then beating Utah, number one at home. Utah, ladies and gentlemen, is number one in the West. So if you didn't know that... Uh, now, again, injuries have happened. Things have happened. You know, all, all sorts of uh, mix and match and jambalaya style of uh, injuries and trades have happened. But so far, the Blazers are on the winning end of the trade deadline. We're winning more, and we just beat Utah at home, number one on the road. So... Let that be a testament to these guys. They're they're uh, they're battling out there. So congrats, Rip City again. Sorry if you don't like sports. I won't spend too much time on it. But it's uh it's the time of the talk. It's the town of the talk. You know. So staying in uh, in sports mode though. Paul Pierce, uh, world champion with the Boston Celtics. I'm not sure exactly if he played on a U.S. Dream Team, so I don't want to call him an Olympian, but we'll say a Hall of Famer. We'll say a Hall of Famer. He beat Kobe, so we'll give him that. But he had Garnett. Uh, 
recently was on ESPN broadcast, and he was kind of the butt of the joke broadcast analysis guy, to be honest with you, because he'd always just say some shit like, I can shoot better than Kobe, or I'm better than uh, I'm better than AI, or he, he would just say some shit that you would just be like, bro, no, 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 that's, you're capping to the most, right? You're putting the big cap on. It's It, it was silly, but... Anyway, he gets on Instagram Live and he gets in trouble because he's got some uh, women in bikinis hanging out with him, kind of shaking it, whatever. Obviously dancers, but, you know, hey, he's a world champion. He's a millionaire. Like, if he wants to have a couple of dancers and do something, you know, we've all been to a bachelor party. Don't, don't nobody need to act like they're better than anybody else and more holier than thou. You know, we've all been there. And ESPN, which is owned by Disney, fired Paul Pierce. And I uh, just said it was kind of unacceptable. Like, we don't do that. And I get it. If you're Disney, like, I completely understand. But at the same time, uh, I don't think it was too bad. I didn't even see, like, every headline I saw and everything. There was no, like, titties in it. There was no, like, ass in it. There was no, like, it was, like, chicks in bikinis and, like, him with a cigar. It felt very, like, late 90s. It wasn't even, like, to me it wasn't offensive. But I'm, I'm a 35-year-old male who works in industry. Uh, industrial. Right? So... Maybe I have to remember that my perspective is different than uh, other people's perspectives on kind of how harsh it is or how harsh it isn't. Uh, but still, Paul Pierce got fired, so it's kind of funny, you know. He's still doing his thing. It's no big deal. Just a couple big movies came out. I'm going to switch into movies. Uh, these are HBO specific, so if you got the HBO Go app, I don't get paid by HBO or anything, but... If you have this app, you can watch both of these. And uh, the new Godzilla came out, Godzilla vs. Kong. And it went about exactly how I thought it was go, but it, but better. It was uh, beautifully filmed. It was uh, uh, just a, an adventure from start to finish. You were on edge of your seat, you know. Kong on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the ocean with the strike group. And Godzilla swimming in the water, wild. I mean, it, it lived up to its expectation and... It kind of went the way I thought, because I, I really can't see King Kong beating Godzilla because he has so many powers. He's almost alien. He's like dinosaur and alien mixed. And if you're just a, like a biological mammal, even a powerhouse of a biological, just normal being, like you're going to have trouble with that. So the movie's been out for long enough where I feel comfortable to putting out a spoiler alert, if you will, but Godzilla wins. He takes a W, uh, but he spares Kong because they battle out a contest, right? Like, Godzilla's the king, and, Kong, God, uh, and King Kong is a king in his own right on the island, but we're talking about ocean, we're talking about in the air. You know, Godzilla is a, is a god, basically, that defends the Earth realm versus, you know, other gods or demigods, if you will. King Kong is flesh and blood, like was born like a human in fights. So there was a lot of uh, love for King Kong, and I had a lot of love. And f the fight scene was great, but Godzilla spared him. They had a greater evil to fight, and that's kind of how the movie went. So it was cool. Boom. Got my uh, A+. I don't care what anybody says, critics, whatever. A-plus for a Godzilla King Kong movie. It was good. Check it out. Next thing, Mortal Kombat. A lot of naysayers, a lot of, eh, eh, I don't want to watch Mortal Kombat. It's like, look, I remember Mortal Kombat back in the day. 
like at the mall, you go into the store, they had the Mortal Kombat CD on display, you put the headphones on, turn that shit up and listen to the soundtrack. You could just press the buttons and select the tracks right there, at, you know, borders, wherever you were at in the mall. I don't remember what it was back then. It's been a long time. Radio Shack. Nah, it wasn't Radio Shack, but it's been a long time. But, uh, everyone had a, a naysay. I had family members naysaying it. People naysaying it. But it's Mortal Kombat. First of all, it's a video game with really cool characters. That's what it really is. Everything else after that is a bonus. So if you want to put A-list actors and uh, a jam-packed scene with Sub-Zero and a Scorpion, I mean, go for it. I mean, I'm from the era where Sega Genesis, we had that in uh, 16, 32 gigs, and it was blocky, but it was all about the fatalities. Nobody cared too much about the backstory back then. Like, if you beat the game with a character, you got a backstory. But if you didn't, like, you just didn't. So, of course, all of us beat it with Scorpion, Sub-Zero, some of us went the extra mile, did it with Sonya Blade and Kano. I didn't. Um, and then Mortal Kombat just kind of went off the rails. It was like Super NES went off the rails. Like Then you're in the future, you're in the past. You got these new characters. There's robotics. There's Shadow Realm ninjas. Like It got wild. And each one of those characters, I think everyone feels deserves a story or an explanation of some kind. Some kind of like... There's so many of them, and they're all good. And that's the thing, is like... So, yeah. Was it a video game movie? Yeah. Of course it was, because that's where it came from. But they're talking about prequels with Sub-Zero. They're talking about future Noob Sabat with Sub-Zero. They're talking about all sorts of different things with the Iceman Sub-Zero, the original Iceman, who signed for four features, by the way. He signed for four. So if they got four of them, he's putting out three more. He did one. Um... Fans are happy with it. I'm happy with it. Naysayers are going to say what they're going to say, but, you know, we all need haters out there. It just keeps the world moving. Just keeps the world moving. So, anyway, if you haven't, check it out. Check out Mortal Kombat. It's really good. Uh, man. So I, I told you we were, we we're going to touch and dabble into conspiracies and this and that and the other things. So I think I finally debunked. I won't say debunked because it's it, it was a real thing that happened. But the whole Q thing with the HBO, if you got HBO again, I don't get paid by HBO, but it'd be tight if they would pay me. So HBO shout out. But uh, the Q thing, right? Up north, like... I didn't know. Was it a real legitimate uh, military psyop, or was it like uh, someone doing it, like a hacker? Was it a game? Was it? And I watched some shit on it in like Netflix, and then I watched some shit on it, and like a lot of people I know like bit on that shit real hard, like you know, and uh, some of that shit actually came out to be true, which is the crazy thing, right? Especially the early shit, but but the, the Q thing on HBO, and I really really feel like uh, it, it was that dad and son, man. I really do. And if it's somebody else, I'd be hard pressed to wonder why someone would go bankrupt over server space, right? Because how many of you just deny the cloud? Like, man, I don't even need the cloud. That's I don't need two terabytes for what? Like my family pictures, going to the beach. Like we don't need no terabytes. We don't. <laughs> but if you're saying you're not something and you're paying for full server rooms and a pig farm in the Philippines, bro, it was wacky, bro. Uh, the shit that I heard from these guys and like, you know, they did have connections and they did have people that they knew and there was shit that they did drop that was like 
oddly around the same time, if not the exact same time as President Trump at the time. And I mean, it was a good documentary. So if you haven't seen it, you know, definitely go check that shit out. Definitely go check that shit out. But uh, yeah, man, that that was wild, man. I, I think it was uh, the son. I think the son and the dad are Q. And they did it out of the Philippines, and they did it till bus, and they got that little dude coming out, like, uh, you know, that's handicapped or whatever. Talk. Anyway, you got to watch it. I can't even explain it. You got to watch it. But I think that most of the people that I know or that listen to this show will probably be like, yeah, no, that motherfucker did that. Because we all got some street sense in a way, right? Like, whether that's from high school, middle school, like, we, we you know, most people listening to this show are, like, blue-collar, worked our way up, like, we, we're living we're living. Good good like families eating and shit but like we ain't rich we ain't like rich rich and we definitely don't got no money for so man i'm mad at comcast if they want my bill i pay for business you know and, and they send me stuff come on so if you paying for server space and acting like you don't give a shit no you paying for server space so that's that's kind of i debunked, debunked it right off the bat like who, who did what because like look at the equipment you buy you know the government and everybody they're, they're, they're watching it and where you live right like if you live overseas and you're buying hella equipment like server space there's a reason why you're doing that you're trying to uh, escape some kind of extradition or civil penalty i don't know i just look at the money man i just like where does the money go i just look at the money More to uh, Northwest Portland, it's beautiful outside. You know, I don't get weather reports, so I'm out the radio, you know, but it's beautiful outside. You know, the cherry blossom thing went down in the city. Uh, COVID's still a big scare. And Kate Brown recently just kind of reeled everybody back in for one week, which I thought was weird. But, like, what government official is, like, doing an action for one week? I mean, is it like a last-ditch effort? Was nobody, like... You know, feeling you went on something, or did you, did you have feelings one way that maybe uh, maybe Seattle and uh, LA didn't feel that way, and then you had to reel it in for a week? I don't really know, because again, I'm not in politics. I'm an industrial worker with the with the podcast, right? So I'm just I'm just winging stuff, man, from the from the ground level. But it does raise a suspicion, like what really did happen, like. Why would you shut down an economy for a week? And uh, is it really for the safety, or are we just trying to entertain some kind of idea or gain, as a Generation Z would call it, clout from a situation? You know, that's what I have to wonder. Um, and I know, family included, a number of people uh, who have been vaccinated and who are doing just fine. And I've read stories of people that weren't doing so fine from vaccination, but it's at the point now where less people are getting the vaccination than it's being produced like they 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 rushed and they got this thing all set up but nobody took it uh um if you took it it really was for an emergency situation uh be it that you were uh, elderly you were in the age bracket that was at risk at the most you had an underlying health condition that was at risk and then you have the vaccine that drops and it's like 0.048 percent of oregonians specifically and i know this because i keep up on uh, my local stuff i don't know nationally i can't speak for all of that but please let me know like if you live in texas florida mexico you tell me what's going on uh but i'll tell you what's going on in my state because that's what this is all about relating to the normal people uh 
not not a mass production of it but uh you know I got a baby coming and uh, the risk is there. So the hospital visit is gonna be COVID uh, impacted for sure, uh, which has got me doing childcare, doing some other things that I, I probably wouldn't usually do. I'd probably bring them along with me and let them experience part of the childbirth. So I'm a little sad personally because uh, you know everything is on high alert right now. Um, and I wish it wasn't. I wish that everything was cool and that there wasn't some kind of uh, disease that was scaring the shit out of everybody in the government to the point where uh, stuff was getting weird and uh, causing the divisiveness between uh, families and divisiveness between uh, families and businesses and uh, keeping the local economy just just going the way that it usually does uh, without the fear because uh, lately that's what I feel I feel like there's just like a big fear in the air and uh, and you know you look at people different and you stand a little different and you greet a little different and there's just a lot of differentness uh, in society and culture now that that indecisiveness that really wasn't there before um, so I think that's the weirdest thing to deal with aside from the fact that there's uh, you know God God knows where that thing came from but something's floating in the air and you got to drive around thinking about that shit from time to time whether you believe in it or not it still uh, uh, still affects you going to Red Robin still affects you going to you know Best Buy or just just doing some regular shit and it, it affects you in kind of a way that you know you got to make accommodations and adjustments so yeah it is it is impactful and uh, some people are more mad about it than others and some people could give a fuck less you know i'm a rip city goon so i'm accustomed to wearing a mask or a bandana i mean people probably prefer that i didn't wear a mask and bandana around town because i kind of look like a suspect you know i got tattoos on my knuckles and shit uh so of course people look at you as some kind of uh, Hell's Angel or Rough Rider, just all already. You already look like you're in a biker gang of some kind if you got knuckle tattoos. But really, I'm not. I'm a father of three, and I'm just doing the best that I can uh, in society. But you know, stereotypes in society uh, likes to put labels and likes to bracket people in and stuff like that. But you know, the ban has since lifted, and so far so good. Everything's good on the local news and KGWs and the uh, things like that. So I mean, I don't see anything to race much suspicion locally but i am a little worried globally and i'm gonna i'm gonna tap into that right now you know this whole israel and palestine and that the, the whole battle for the holy land of jerusalem is just uh it's a really awful thing to watch and undertake and uh it's a very hard decision that has to be made out there and that's real heavy shit like I, I don't feel like I'm of a stature to even comment on how I think that the Holy Land should be distributed amongst the Israelites and the Palestinians. <laughs> I'm going to say that first and foremost. I am. I do not consider myself. I'm not a senator. I'm not. A, I'm not even on the local city council. I don't even have a say on the regimented style that's used uh, militarily. You know. And who, and who we back up and who we help when people need help. And uh, I can say that region of the world needs help right now. And I send my prayers and my blessings to that, that realm of the world because uh, it's the cradle of civilization. That's where we all uh, derive from, you know, in a lot of different books, anyway, that you read, no matter which way you swing 
on the spectrum religiously, but uh, it's a it's an important place in the world to a lot of people. We'll just put it at that. It's an important place, and uh, I I don't want people to die. I don't want kids to die. I don't want families to be torn apart. I want Israelis and Palestinians to live in peace amongst each other and realize the importance. I watched a thing on the HBO, or uh, I'm sorry, not HBO. I've been on HBO a lot. No, no, no. H2 on the History Channel about the fact that it's a it's a it's a Muslim guy, you know, a, a flame gets litten right in that sacred area. Uh, once a year and the uh, the Christians all go there and have a big ceremony and people fly in from all over the world to witness these candles or something being lit out of the, the, the tomb of Jesus or whatever and uh, it's a it's a big deal but the keys to that are held by a Muslim guy and I found that interesting that because the Abraham religions the Christian ones can't agree on who should hold them Greek or Orthodox whatever whatever spect you are of it that a Muslim is entrusted with the keys so to the kingdom. It's a holy place for everyone, right? I don't understand. And I'm an American, so I get to speak my mind. I get to distribute stuff. I don't have a country telling me what I can and can't do at any point in time. Like, it is what it is. Like, I, I can speak my mind, and I just, uh, I hear these kids dying over there, and it's just, it's really sad to me. And I hope it stops. I hope that there can be an agreement made. But uh, that, that part of the earth is so, uh, there's so much turmoil there. And I really feel for the people that live there because it's such an important place to all of us, no matter what you believe in. Even if you just believe historically what, what Jerusalem and what that area of the world means, and just seeing missiles getting launched over it is just, it's just, it's sad, man. Because nobody's religion really wants you to, uh, they want you to live in harmony and peace and be at peace with yourself. That's all it is. Religion is just how can, how can you find peace within, right? And uh, it, people got you know different names for it, but a lot of them lead back to the same place. And especially that area of the world, they're all related, whether they think so or not. So, you know, sad time. Sad time for uh, Israel. Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman. She, uh, you know, did a little post about it, basically saying what I just said, you know, I don't want anybody to die, and I'm just sad that the, the world is uh, like this right now. I wish it wasn't, because that's where I'm from. I don't want it to be like that. I got so much hate through social media that she uh, suspended comments. And I thought that was really sad, because we're talking about an American, you know, Hollywood royalty, we would call her, you know, she's, she's a Wonder Woman, you know, over here in America, and her, and her, home, her home is at war. Good, bad, and different, but her home and her family lives there, and they're at war. And uh, people uh, put so much mean stuff that she uh, suspended her comments, and I think that's really unfair. I think that's cool. You know, that's someone who uh, just didn't do anything but, you know, try to entertain you here in America and uh, keep shit level-headed and just said, I'm sorry, and I, uh, I'm sad for everything that had happened, you know, in my hometown. Like, I wish I was there. I wish I could help. And uh, I got so much hate that it, it, it. another portion of this podcast is going to be about games because I know a lot of people love to play games, whether you play uh, 2K, first person shooters, whatever, Xbox, PlayStation, console, uh, computer, whatever, whatever you choose to play. Uh, I play games. I'm an avid gamer right now. I'm on Call of Duty basically every day. So, if, uh, you know, if you want to get on, uh, 
you want to drop in just let me know i'm always ready i'm ready to drop in so look playstation 5 something i've been thinking about obtaining lately uh i didn't get it when it first came out i was worried about scalpers i was worried about initial price and i was worried about quality of the first gen of any console i usually wait till the holidays i wait a year to, to pick it up see if it's got issues if it's got problems if there's something not worth buying about it or it doesn't live up to the hype and it's and it's fire and everybody wants to get it so lately uh the playstation 4 has been running out of capacity i got the 500 gigabyte ps4 but it's running out of capacity to the point where i had to go to the store take my wife take my daughter go to the store pick up a hard drive so i could play one game and still have another game on the system which i thought was crazy my problem is the ps5 has uh, 500 gigabytes as it sits so i'm sitting here waiting like do you guys have a terabyte one that you're gonna put out or are you just gonna drop this and make us buy a hard drive to play multiple games at once like because that's that's a lot to ask you know so I got Warzone, Black Ops, and Final Fantasy VII all on there, and they're fine with the hard drive, but it makes you wonder. It's like, am I going to have to keep doing this, like in memory card style, or are, are we going to be able to just put it in the console for the next gen, which is what I was hoping, so. Scalpers got it up $1,200, $1,300 for the PS5 right now. Some got it at seven, which I think seven... Seven's a fair cop for someone who was trying to make a profit retail. It's not 50%, you know. They're basically marking up the inconvenience of buying it and holding it, which is fine. Seven's okay, but really, it should be five, especially at 500 gigabytes. You're not offering something that uh, exceeds the last version except for graphics, graphics cards. So that's great, but we all know playing online, like, stuff is shit anyway. So what? Like storage is most important, right? The hard drive, the hard, the hard area of the console. So, you know, that's what we want. We want the hard area of the console to be upgraded, and and they went to solid state. So at least they went to a solid state drive. And sorry if I'm boring you for these people that aren't into computers or games, but it's kind of what I do uh, on the side side hustle. The next thing I want to talk about is another side hustle of mine. I wouldn't call it a side hustle. I call it more of a hobby, but drops that have recently come out in the shoe community that are uh, on top and maybe some topics that I've uh, seen trending about, you know, buying replicas of stuff and, and my take on buying replicas of stuff. Uh, expensive, stupid stuff that really doesn't need to be that expensive. It just is because of a name. So uh, when I was a kid, I always wanted to play in a Allen Iverson sneakers, right? Because back back in my time, like Allen Iverson was the new Jordan, right? Like he was just it was the culture phenomenon. He was on Reebok, uh, crossing up Jordan, you know, in '96. Got him one time. It's a famous video. Uh, the braids, the the double XL white tees, the just cultural phenomenon, like that everybody nobody wanted to be mike anymore they all wanted to be ai and you know it hasn't been far enough that people really credit that for what it was but that's really what it was like ai took the spot of of a, of a happy mcdonald's commercial michael jordan and turned it into a a street you know just legend like gully ass like just like drop 50 in a game but just be so disgustingly sick while doing it uh, the and one mixtapes were real big at that time, so street ball was really popping. And um, 
So when I was a kid, I, I couldn't, you know, you get, you get one pair of shoes. In my household, you got one pair at the beginning of the year, you know, for what you were going to wear to school. And that's totally cool. And I appreciate my parents for even giving me a pair of shoes because I probably could have rocked the same pair like a couple times, but they didn't do that to me. So uh, shouts out to my pops and mom. But, you know, you got one pair of shoes, so you got to pick. And uh, usually I'd end up in something like some Grand Hills because we go to like Ross, you know what I mean? And we find some cool shit at Ross. I actually got some Sean Kent kamikazes, which recently came back that were at Ross when I was a kid and really liked it. But, the, but, but it was never like my neighbor got like the red and black flu games when they first came out, like after the flu game. And that shit was like so sick. I can't believe it. I mean, those things are long gone now, but I'm just saying like when I was a kid, the the uh, uh, emotional heaviness of that item but yeah i rock some sean camps some uh grant hills filas you know back in the day i did get a pair of pennies white uh white and blue pennies that were sick but uh i didn't get my first pair of jordans so i was married like way later on like like a real pair of like actual jordans uh so like a lot of people are on the tiktok and on this and that talking about replicas replicas of this and that and i think it's funny like if you get a pair of replicas something it's it's really just because it has some kind of meaning to you aside from what it actually is or is, is materialized to be right like if you wanted to get a pair of yeezys with the same sole foam you know i got friends that make clothes and like they can order like the yeezy 350 boost foam like they can order whatever from china from taiwan from where the shit's made like they'll send it to you for you know a 38th of the price like nothing on the dollar for that and uh and people over here will turn it into something and make it sick like my buddy who made uh who made some pretty cool shoes so to me i think the replica thing i think the people that are making jordan ones uncs are like the same people that are selling the reps because they got the access they have the knowledge to make the shoe you wouldn't just get that aside from being right next to that or designing that shoe or making it so i'm almost wondering if nike has a backhand bit currency type of income from reps when they know that most people aren't going to buy a rep for six hundred dollars it's a two hundred dollar basketball shoe it's white and blue it's, no, it's nothing special about it other like physically that's what it is but emotionally they're making money off these resellers and they got this whole underground PR campaign to get these resellers making 750 off the off the shoe. They're buying them all before you know anybody can even get them. And then you get the rep companies on the back end that are actually in Southeast Asia, wherever they are, actually selling it and they're and they're making because I mean the shoe don't cost if you pay a hundred for a replica, it still don't cost a hundred to make it. It's a shoe. It's not leather, maybe a couple strips of leather, but my final opinion. On the replica shoe ideology is that wear whatever you want. I've had both. I've had reps and I've had real. And uh, is it nice when someone gets you a pair of real J's from the Foot Locker? And, oh yeah, that's a good feeling, man. If you like, you know, Nikes or Adidas, or if you like, if you like gear, you know, yeah, there's nothing like that. But the real meaning behind it is the gift. Like, damn, like my wife bought me some Black Cat Jordan Fours. Just opening that box, it was the gift of significance that she was willing to 
you know, let me acquire and wear something that, that was emotionally nothing to her, but to me was a, what, what I thought was a pretty cool thing. I think that's, a, that's what that really is. Now, some of these shoes out here, like these uh, Nike Kanye's are $16, $2,000. They're going up in price. Uh, if you got a pair of reps of those, would I blame you? No, they're still an awesome shoe. Are they $1,200 or $1,300? Absolutely not. No. And the people that make them, I guarantee you, it's the same people that have, you know, bootleg websites and they're willing to just grind a couple hours to make a shoe and send it out to get paid. Because, you know, $100 uh, US is a lot, especially in impoverished places in uh, Southeast Asia and stuff like that. So they're willing, they're willing to go in there and make you a pair of fucking Yeezy Nikes, you know, Red Octobers. Like, they'll go, they'll go sew it up and they'll send it to you and it'll be tight. I had a pair of infrared sixes that I wear almost everywhere with no socks. I just, those those are like my road shoes. And those things have lasted me for at, at least four years. And they were reps. And in fact, I got more compliments on that rep pair of sneakers than like the newer ones that I've worn. So, yeah, I don't know. It's funny to me, man. I just... I don't see the problem in it, and I don't see the uh, I don't see the uh, the urgency uh, and immediate threat of getting rid of uh, reps. I mean, I think you should be able to go back and forth, man. You should be able to have a couple of you know. You'll know your collection is your own. That's the thing. What does it mean to you personally, not anybody else? And that's what you have to think. Like, which ones am I put road miles on? Which ones uh, were a gift, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep them up there, you know, on the shelf. You know, that's what it is. So. We're nearing the end of the show now. And uh, again, I just want to thank everybody who showed up, participated, uh, been a part of this show from the beginning. Uh, people that are listening in Mexico, people that are listening in Virginia, Alaska, uh, all over, man. And especially, you know, PDX, Portland, Rip City. I appreciate uh, everybody who's out here and everybody who's uh, made an effort to uh, tune in some of you guys tuned in more than once, you know, not just you know skimmed in checked it out Yeah, that's what uh, he's up to cool cool. No, but I actually like decided like, you know Like I, I want to listen to this like if I'm on a road trip like I'm gonna listen to it all my friends that are out there uh, putting miles in so Thank you. Thank you so much and uh, We'll be back again with more topics uh, More crazy stuff more conspiracies, more news, more video games, more music. And uh, this is DJ Kenosis, Nick at Night. Salute.